How is everybody doing this morning? Good. Are you ready? Are you sure you're ready? Because I'm going to give today, last week we went over growing pains, right? And we all know what growing pains are. There's, we got our physical growing pains and we have our spiritual growing pains. Uh, and we talked about Moses and Moses' life and that Moses was what? From the time he was born to the burning bush, he was in training, wasn't he? And that was part of a growing process for Moses so that God could give him everything that he needed to fulfill the purpose that he had. And we kind of compared that to our life where God, from the time that we're born to the time that we meet him in glory, we're in a training process for every stage of our life that we need God to train us, to prepare us for whatever our purpose is. And we'll have different things to do along the way, but... um, we did that comparison with Moses' life. Well, this week, what I wanted to give you was some practical applications. Practical applications. So we're going to talk about growing pains and a triumphant servant. Last week it was a reluctant servant. Moses was reluctant to do the thing, to step into God's calling for his life. He didn't think he was ready for it. He didn't think he was prepared This week we're going to talk about growing pains in the triumphant servant. Now, we had some conversations in the the lobby in the back after the service. There were people coming up and they were talking. And this is the really cool thing about the Word of God, is when you start talking about it and interacting with it and thinking about it, that's a practical application of the Word of God. It causes you to ask questions to ask questions. And that's a good thing. That's a very good thing. We were talking out in the, in the lobby, and remember what we talked about um, when God, uh, when, when Moses met God at the burning bush, and he, he, uh, he was reluctant, and he had these, all these excuses. Remember is it one excuse that he had was that uh, he couldn't speak well, and then God got really angry with him. And that whole scenario there, where why would, we, you kind of ask the question, why was Moses so you know, reluctant to do these things. And someone came up to me and said, you know, they, they kind of felt sorry for Moses. And they said, you know, uh, maybe because Moses was so strong in the beginning, and when he met God face to face, he was very humbled. Like there was pride in Moses' life before. And now when he was actually had a chance to see God, he was awed and realized how much pride, maybe how much pride he had in his life. Now we're just kind of supposing these things. Okay, I don't know what was going on in Moses' mind, but it's fun to kind of talk about it and think about these different situations. And what it causes you to do is to dig deeper into the Word of God. You know, when, when the burning bush happened and Moses went and he was just, and, and, and it said, you know, it, it didn't mean much to Moses seeing the burning bush, but when it spoke, that meant a whole lot. It would be like if I was being a little prideful about my message last week thinking how great it was and how good it was. And then I stood here and Jason's head caught on fire, but it didn't burn. And the voice of God came out. I would be humbled at that point. And maybe I would backpedal and say, you know, I'm not a good speaker. I'm not this. I'm not that. It's just one of those things. Jason, don't, don't burst into flames while we're here today. But I want to give you some practical, I want to give you some practical um, applications this week when we talk about stretching. The last question that we had was, how can we be stretched? And what are the things that stretch us and move us to a deeper relationship with God? 
Let's open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you and praise you for your glory, for your mercy and grace during the worship time today. We, we felt your presence. We know that you're here. We know that you're merciful and, and full of grace for us, Father, and we're asking for that now. Open up our hearts to receive your word today. I ask this in your name. Amen. Asking questions. Asking questions. If, this is, if there's nothing else you get, ask questions. Ask questions. My son asks a lot of questions. My son asks a lot of questions, and he always asks one question. He asks, why? Why this? Why that? If you tell him to do something, why do I have to do this? Uh, you know, why can't I? Why does this happen? And it gets so frustrating sometimes as a parent, hearing that. And um, when, when Jennifer and I were, were dating, um, we had this, this thing going on about uh, she, would never, uh, she would never give the phrase to her children um, because I said so. That wasn't going to be an answer for her. And I laughed it off. There was wisdom in that, and we didn't realize it then. And I see, I look back now, and I know that there's wisdom in that, but I knew for a fact that that wasn't going to happen because I said so for me was good enough for my dad because I said so is good enough for my kids. Okay? Um, but Nathan was always getting frustrated with that. And you have to kind of look at your children. I think God looks at us as children. And he looks at each one of your individual needs, each one of our individual needs, and finds out exactly what we need to, to minister to us, to give us, um, uh, to, to help us step into our purpose. And what I had to realize was that no, because I said so is not a good answer all the time. Because I had to understand how Nathan functioned. And this is how he functioned. And he, he laid it out for me. Because him and I were both frustrated. <clears throat> Excuse me, got a dry throat. Him and I were both frustrated with each other. One, because he always asked him why. And, one, and, and for him, because I was always saying, because I said so. And he said, um, and I found out with, uh, he was telling us about a teacher that he had in school. And he said, uh, I really like this teacher, Dad. I said, why do you like this teacher? And he said, because when I ask why, she tells me why. Okay? And this is, this is hard. I don't know why I'm saying this. But he learned more from her. He said to me, he said, Dad, it's not because... It's not because I'm, I want to disobey you. It's because I just want to know the reasons so I can understand. So I can understand what's going on in the situations so that when I'm in those situations, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, whoa. From a kid. And it was okay to ask why. It's still okay to say because I said so. Because sometimes there is no reason for the things that we do and for the things that we say. But I had to take a step back and I had to take the wisdom from my wife-to-be then where she said, I'm not going to say because I said so. And I had to combine that with 
the wisdom from my child for the reasons why he needed to know why. And I had to put them together. And I had to say, he learns this way. I have to change. The whole time I was trying to make him change. And it wasn't him. It was me. And this is an important reason why you need to ask questions of the Word of God. Because you can, you can read the surface of it, but not understand the depth of it. Okay? When we're, when we're first saved, there's a yearning. We have a lot of questions. And that's the first time that we start asking those questions. But I think as we, sometimes we get complacent when we get older. And that was, I, I talked last week about how growing up in the church, you think that you have this excellent relationship. And it's not always true because there are things that I have to do to grow in that relationship. If I don't talk, we talked last week about if I don't talk to um, somebody, I met the man, I don't know, I don't hope, uh, hope it's okay if I use your name, Thomas. I just used it. <laughs> I met him last week and uh, he introduced himself to me. I introduced myself to him and there was interaction there the beginning of a relationship. How deep that relationship will go, we don't know. It could go just as deep as it is now, or it could get deeper, and there could be a, 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 a binding, a friendship that develops there. And the same thing has to happen when we talk to God. Um, I'm kind of meandering a little bit off my notes, and I don't know why. I'm going to say the Holy Spirit. Um, so asking questions is very important. We're reading a, a book. Some of us leaders are, are leading a, a book, leading, reading a book called Simple Church. What this book talks about is taking some of the complexity out of church life and to be able to focus on the reason why we're here. Okay? And... Really, when we step back and look at, at it, the vision of this church already followed that pattern. We were just kind of missing a little bit. We had to bring, bring our focus in because a lot of people think that a lot of things are needed to make a church good when really there's a process that has to happen and it's part of that growing process and it's part of what we want to be able to share with our church body. They divided up the process into three groups, into three sections. The first was connecting with God. The second was connecting to the body. And the third was serving others. And that was a three-step process. You can call it, you can use whatever names you want, but that's the basic process. And the process involves stretching and spiritual growth pains. What our goal is, is to make disciples. How do we do that? Well, in that process is how each one of us is going to be grown and stretched in our spiritual lives. The process of discipleship is that growing and that stretching. Okay? So how do we do that? Well, first we have to connect to God. And you have to do that on a lot of different levels. But... Let's take the, uh, the, the first level of, it, of connecting to God. What would be the first way to connect to God? If you're unsaved, you'd have to connect to God through what? 
Salvation. So you come to God through salvation. Let's go to Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. It says this, That if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. So our first connection point is what? Confession. Salvation. Confession. Now this is all part of growing spiritually. This is all part of uh, growing pains. Connecting with God. The second thing I want we talk about. How, how, how do we grow? How do we stretch? Confession. Another way. Praise and thanksgiving. Go to Psalms 50. Verse 14 and verse 23. Verse 14. Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and pay your vows to the Most High. Verse 23. He who offers a sacrifice of thanksgiving honors me. How do you honor God? By giving a, 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 a sacrifice of thanksgiving. And to him who orders his way aright, I shall show the salvation of God. So we're... We're connecting with God through confession, and we're connecting through to God through praise. The third thing, worship. Go to Psalms 95. How are you developing a relationship with God? You're connecting with God. The first is confession. The second is praise. The next one is worship. Psalms 95, verse 6. It says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God. You can ask the question, why there? Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. Why? The answer is right there. For He is our God. And we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Let's go on to the next one. Prayer. This is another way that we connect to God. And we grow spiritually. Let's go to uh, 1 Timothy 2. I'm actually tricking you guys. You'll find out why in a minute. How in a second. So keep that in the back of your head. Timothy. 1 Timothy 2. Verse 1. Yes, verse 1 through 8. First of all then, and this is talking about prayer. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men. Why? Simple question. Why? Or to who? For kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. That's why. This is a good and acceptable this is good and acceptable in the sight of our God and Savior, who desires all men to be saved 
and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying. I guess he had to say that. As a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. That was Paul speaking. Therefore, I want... I'm sorry, that wasn't Paul speaking. Therefore, I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath and dissension. A call to prayer. The fourth way that we connect to God. A fifth way that we connect to God, and this one is, this is the hardest one for me. Actually, they're all pretty difficult. But uh, prayer and reading and studying the Word of God, reading and studying the Word of God is, is difficult for me. Because uh, at first I didn't know how to study the Word of God, and I didn't know I could ask questions. And that's why I want to get in, into your head that it's very important to ask questions. Because God will give you the answers. You have to ask Him. And then you have to do something afterwards. Um, and it's more than just dropping your Bible and hoping it falls open to the right Scripture verse. You know, that's not study. Study is, 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 is reading it and thinking about it. And studying is also talking to someone else about it. That's helpful. That's a part of study. Okay? When I thought of studying the Word of God, I, I, I looked at and I saw a picture of... Um, I saw me with the Bible in front of me. And I saw a table with books and tomes and just piled high of things that I had to go through and read and hopefully I didn't fall asleep through. And, and see, I don't, I don't learn that way. I don't learn that way. Um, I'm more interactive. If I'm, if I'm talking to someone about it, if I'm in a group of, of people and I'm talking, I, I still have to read and I have to write things down. I have to write things down. And what I find that I do is I, 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 when I study, I, I have a notebook. And when I prepare for things like this, I write stuff down, and then I go to the computer and I type it out. Because the writing that I have is just random thoughts going all over the page and maybe up in the margin and around and, and back. Uh, but then I type it out so that I can see it in a, so I can pick the ideas and I can put them in a format. And that's just me. That's how I learn. And that's how I've, I put it on paper, I put it on the computer, that's what I do. But I had to figure out my own way of studying how I could do that. Um, I wanted to share, let's see, reading and studying the, the, the Word of God, five, uh, that was my point five, Romans 10. Verse 5. Oh, good. We're back to Moses again. I like Moses. Romans 10, verse 5 through 8. For Moses writes that the man who practices the righteousness which is based on law shall live by that righteousness. But the righteousness based on faith speaks as follows. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. No, I'm good, thank you. And what was interesting about this, what I picked up, is when you're reading your Bible, there's little letters beside it. You know? 
I, I read down and I see a little, a little. B. In my Bible, it's like a little uh, italicized letter. It might be a letter A, B, C, and then you go all the way down. And I was like, "Whoa, uh, what does that mean?" And what it meant was, uh, there's one verse in here. In verse seven. Oh no, I'm sorry. Uh, verse eight. Go to Deuteronomy 30. This is this was interesting. Deuteronomy 30. I started reading my Bible and I started looking at all the funny little lines and marks in it and try to figure out what they were. That's a good thing too. Don't just read the words; read the funny marks. They mean something. Deuteronomy 30, verse 12. This is Moses talking to the Israelites. It is not in heaven that you should say who will go up to heaven for us to get it, for us to make us hear it, that we may observe it. Oh, let me go back to 11, verse 11. For this com- uh, commandment which I command you today is not too difficult for you, nor is it out of reach. It is not in heaven that you should say, well, who will go up to heaven for us to get it for us and make us hear it, that we may observe it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who will cross the sea for us to get it, for us and make us hear it, that we may observe it? But the word is very near you, in your mouth, in your heart, that you may observe it. So the writer in Romans was referring back to Moses, who was telling the people that I've given you this law, I've given you this word, and it's not so far away in the heavens that you have to ask, well, how am I going to get up there to get it so we can watch it or observe it? And it's not so far beyond the sea that we have to ask, you know, who's going to go get it for us and bring it back so we can observe it? It's in your heart and in your mouth. That's part of reading and studying the Word of God. That's part of connecting to God. I did want to... uh, Share some things that I use. I have. This is more practical stuff. Um, I use multiple translations. I have a Hebrew Greek study Bible. I didn't know why I got this six or seven years ago. Actually, I, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I bought it because it had a Hebrew dictionary in the back. And it had like funny words back there. Can't pronounce them. Don't know what half of them mean. But six years ago, I bought it because, or whenever we bought it, I bought it because it had, cool, it's got a Hebrew and a Greek dictionary in it. And I never broke it open until I learned how to study the Word of God. But God knew what I needed, and I use it now. I use multiple translations because the New American Standard Version says it one way. The NIV Version says it a little bit differently, and there's a few different translations out there that you can read and get an idea of what the Scriptures are saying. Also, uh, make sure you have a Something to write on and a, and a pen. Two important things when you're studying the Word of God. Just write things down. Write questions down. Even if this book is filled with nothing but why, ask the questions and search for the answers. And don't think that you're all by yourself either because the, the reason why we're here as a church is to help you move from where you are now to where God wants you to be. And to help you study. I didn't learn this on my own. I was mentored by Pastor Taylor. I am being mentored by Pastor Taylor. 
That's the only reason I know how to do half this stuff. Another example, another thing I use is this is cool. Ever seen this before? Erdman's Handbook to the Bible? Who's seen this before? I like this because it's not a very big read. Again, there's a reading thing for me. But it has a lot of pictures. And I like pictures. And I'm interested in pictures. And when I see something that interests me, I'll read it and study it. Um, I went online to uh, Amazon.com, and you can get these for used for $0.30, cents, $0.50. Cents. Um, they had When I looked on uh, Friday, they had 51 of them ranging from $0.30 cents up to $20. The $20 one was a new one. The $0.30 cent one had um, maybe the cover was torn a little bit, and it had someone else's notes in it. But, you know, that would be cool to get yourself someone else's notes, you know? Very good. This this goes through. <laughs> this goes through. Well, you learn from that. You learn what other people were thinking, and you might they might not have been thinking anything at all. But I just like finding out about people. Um, what this does, and you can look at this later if you want. It goes through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, verse by verse, and it, it summarizes some of them. But it gives you background. One of the important things, you, some of the important questions, remember in English class they asked you to ask questions? What were the five, five W's? Who, what, when, where, why, let's. The five W's, or you had the five W's, you threw the sixth one in there, how? You can say, that one's a good question to ask too. You should, when, when you sit down and you do your devotion, write down those questions. Who, what, when, where, why, and how? And answer them. Who wrote the book that you're reading? If you're reading James, who wrote the book of James? What time period was it written in? Uh, They have different styles. There was different writing styles. Uh, When did it happen? What timeline? When they wrote it will give you a lot of information on, you know, was it written yesterday? If it was written yesterday, then what is said there could mean a whole lot different than if it was written 2,000 years ago. And what was the civilization like? And who were they speaking to? Get all this background information, because that's going to help you understand the Word of God and make that connection from you to God go deeper. That's a deeper relationship. That's just not surface stuff. That's deeper. What else did I have? Commentary, Bible commentary. This one was cute, and it only cost me uh, $2 at Barnes & Noble. And... Warren Wiersbe, I think is how you pronounce his name. I picked up at Barnes & Noble. I go to Barnes & Noble, I picked up a, uh, a uh, Roger, is it Roger's Thesaurus? Yeah, Ro- Roger's Thesaurus of the Bible for $2. It was like in the clearance. And, and it was a uh, Thesaurus of the Bible, and it talked about Bible ideas. It was, it's a great resource. Uh, I just go there and find, get commentaries. Find out what other people are thinking about what you're reading. There's a caution with that. You should know who's writing the commentary so you understand where they're coming from. They might not believe the same things that you believe. Um, Google. How many are computer savvy? Savvy. Google it. A word of caution on Googling anything. Word of caution about the Internet that I give to mostly my mom. (laughs) 
Don't believe anything. You know, in, 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 the, uh, in our law, in society today, our law, you're, you're innocent until proven guilty. Um, for the Internet, it's uh, all a lie until proven truth. That's, that's, that's just my belief. There's just a lot of people that take what they see for gospel truth in, on the Internet, and there's just, for as much good there is on there, there's just as much evil as there is out there. And people that want to impress upon you their ideas and what they think and how they believe. And, well, I read it in, on, on the Internet, and so it must be, you know, must be true. Find out, look at your resources. It's kind of a good thing to, I, I kind of balance it with, you know, places that I know are good sites. I'll go to libraries and places where I can get information and double check the information that's being given on the internet. Especially if you, you are parents and you have kids. That's, that's my internet warning. You know, know what your kids are looking at and, and don't let them think that everything is true. There's truth on there. And that's another reason to connect to God. You will not be able to be able you will not be able to tell the difference between a truth and a lie if you don't have the word of God in you. You just take everything as truth. There's one thing I want you to put up there was um, uh, eSword. Anybody heard about this? There's a few. This is free. This you can download on your computer. It's called eSword. It's got multiple translations of the Bible in it. You can co- do comparisons. Some of the translations are free. Some of them you have to pay for, but there is enough there in this program where you have multiple Bible translations of the whole Bible plus multiple commentaries all right there in a program. And their mission is that, that they said that, um, I forget what the website says, but f- the Word of God is free, free to give. So they're giving it freely. They may ask for a donation, but you can download the program and you have access to a whole lot more information than we've ever been able to access before. That I wanted to share with you. That are some practical things. We already talked about the questions you should ask. Now, I said I tricked you, and I did, because we've just reviewed six of the seven priorities of life. These are things that we were asked to begin to memorize, along with Scripture memory verses from the beginning of this year. Did you notice something about these six of these seven uh, priorities? They all deal with the relationship with God. They're all about the connecting yourself to God and a deeper relationship with God. Every one of those. See, we, we're not asking you to do these things to burden you, but to give you information to go deeper and develop a de- deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. And it's not something that we've mastered because this process... Connecting with God, connecting with the body, and serving others is not linear. It's not. It starts when you connect to God with salvation. But from then on, it's a cycle. You're always connecting with God. You may be beyond the salvation, you know, initial salvation stage, but you're, you should be searching out who God is on your own. You should be moving to the next step which is 
connecting with the body, our, our body here, everybody here. We are the body of Christ. We should be connecting with each other. We should be serving others. That would be kind of like evangelism. And then it repeats again. Whereas you're stepping up to different levels in your relationship with God and your connection with God, you're going deeper in that relationship. And you're going deeper in your relationship with the body of Christ. And you're getting deeper in your, in your uh, service to others. And it keeps going like that. And as you go, you get a chance to share with others. Now, I'm saying all this because I need to be able to tell all this stuff to my kids. Okay? The hardest question that I think I have to answer for myself is the why question. Um, the first question that I had, anyway, that I skipped over, it was a simple question. Do you believe in God? That's the first question I had to ask myself. Do you believe in God? How many say yes? Second question. Why do you believe in God? Why do you believe in God? That is a tough question to answer. Because... It depends on where you're at with your relationship with Jesus Christ. Your answer may be very simple if you have just received Christ. Maybe He saved you. You know, dear God, I, I ask you to come into my life and save me from my sin. I realize I'm a sinner. Why do you believe in God? Because He saved me from my sin. That's a good answer. Is that the only answer that you can give? When you're talking relationship, it goes deeper than, than that. What has God done in your life? How are you going to take what you know? Why do you believe in God? How are you going to phrase that so you can tell your kids, this is why we believe in God? These are the reasons. Yes, He saved us from our sins, but there are other reasons as well. It's not just that. It's many-faceted. You say, I don't have kids. I don't have to know why I believe in God. (laughs) Well, you have to be able to take what you have and tell it to others. Evangelism. In Matthew 28, I believe it, verse 19, says this, Go ye therefore, and do what? Make disciples of all men. How are you going to do that if you don't know why? If you don't have a connection with God, and you don't know the whys and the hows and what you believe, How are you going to take that and give it to somebody else? How are you going to do that? You grow and you are able to understand the why when you start reading, you're going through these seven priorities of life. And you take it at any level that you want. Start someplace. Do anything. Do something. Don't just sit there stagnant. The, um, and I, I've, I've kind of camped out on this making a connection with God. I thought it was important. And I wanted to give you a few things that was going to help you maybe connect more. Ask the questions. And don't be afraid to ask the questions.
Connecting to God, connecting to the body, serving others. Connecting to God is, a, is an individual thing. We have to connect to God first before the other two things can happen. Let's go to uh, Deuteronomy 34. We started talking about uh, nervous. (laughs) Moses. We started out talking about Moses last week. And how he was reluctant. But did he turn around and go the other way? No, he didn't. Did he make mistakes? Yes, he did. Moses, however, was a triumphant servant in the end, wasn't he? Let's read what God says about Moses. Chapter 34. Now Moses went up from the plains of Moab to Mount Nebo to the top of Pisgah, which is opposite Jericho. And the Lord showed him all the land, Gilead, as far as Dan, and all Naphtali and the land of Ephraim and Manasseh and the land of Judah as far as the western sea and the, and the Negev and the plain in the valley of Jericho, the city of palm trees as far as Zor. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land which I swore to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you shall not go over there. So Moses the servant of the Lord died there in the land of Moab, according to the word of the Lord. And he buried him. And he buried him. You have to ask, who buried him? Who buried Moses? He did. God did in the valley of the land of Moab, opposite Beth Peor. But no man knows his burial place to this day. Although Moses was 120 years old when he died, his eye was not dim, nor his vigor abated. So the sons of Israel wept for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days. Then the days of weeping and mourning for Moses came to an end. And Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him, and the sons of Israel listened to him, and he did as the Lord had commanded Moses. And since that time, no prophet has risen in Israel like Moses, whom the Lord knew face to face. Was Moses triumphant in the end? Moses had a lot of learning and a lot of things to, to go through. He made mistakes. But like I said last week, it's not how many times you fall down, but how many times you get up. Moses got up in the end, led God's people, and was considered a friend of God. And was able to meet God face to face. Don't we want to do that? Don't we want to have those opportunities? That takes relationship. Relationship is a two-part thing. God already did His thing. He's there. He's waiting. He hasn't moved since the creation of the world. He always has been. He always will be there for you. You have to take a step forward and connect to Him on your own, however you need to do it. If it's through 
handbooks and commentaries, writing down notes, typing it out on your computer, doing word studies. Asking questions is the most important part. Let's uh, everybody stand. So when we go into our study time now, we're going to ask questions. When we read the Bible, are we going to ask questions? Are we going to try and find out who God is and why we believe in Him? I think that's important. Let's have the prayer team come forward. Ask questions, expect answers. If you have questions of God today, the prayer team is coming forward to pray with you, maybe help you get some answers. Know that as the body of Christ, we're supposed to be connecting with each other, which is another method that we can use to grow and to learn. Ask questions of your friends, of those that you know in the body. Have discussions. Try and understand the things that you're reading. And if you don't understand, ask someone who does. The most important step that you can make is your connection, in your connection to God is asking God to forgive you of your sins and to ask Him to come into your life. And right now, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, I want to ask if there's anyone here that has not made that connection to God if they're not on the path to becoming a triumphant servant. If you're ready to lay down your life for the sake of Christ. If you haven't asked Jesus into your heart and to be your Savior, raise your hand and put it down real quick. And then there may be some of us today that have been stagnant in our relationship with God, we haven't been asking the questions. We haven't understood how to study the Word of God. We haven't understood that we could ask questions. And for those, just come forward and ask God to put that desire in your heart and help God to make you, ask God to help you make those steps forward in relationship with, with Him. Again, He hasn't moved. You need to move toward, toward Him. If there's anyone that needs prayer for any need, please come forward now. I'm going to close in, in prayer while everybody's coming. Heavenly Father, I want to thank You for those that have come here today. I thank You for Your Word, Lord Jesus. I, think that it's, I thank You that it's active and living, that it's dynamic that we can ask the questions, that we can ask the hard questions, Lord Jesus, and that we can get answers. We can ask the questions, why? Why, God? And we know that the answer is not going to be because I said, well, it could be because I said so. But Jesus, in your infinite wisdom, you will give us the understanding that we need for your purpose in our life. 
and for our growth with you. Father, we desire a relationship with you. We desire a relationship where we can speak freely with you, Lord Jesus. That we can lay our burdens at your feet. That we can be comforted, Lord. And that we can get wisdom and understanding. Be with each person that's here today, Lord Jesus. I pray that you would just bless them and keep them wherever they go. I ask this in your name. Amen.